You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Now Ephesians 5 and verse number 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Followers of God is to say imitating, mimic, mimicking Him, imitating our Father. The Bible says, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. And we covered that last time. But then notice this. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So we're going to deal with Uh, as many of these verses as we can and kind of hit these principles. I was thinking about uh, saints of light, soldiers, uh, soldier saints that he deals with in this passage. But uh, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God and I pray that you'll help us and encourage us as your people to walk in light. You encourage us in the first part of this chapter to walk in love, help us to walk in love, help us to walk in light. Thank you for the wonderful work that you have done and are doing in us and we'll thank you for it's in Jesus' name we pray. The Bible says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And so this chapter starts off by telling us we need to imitate our Father, our Holy Father, our uh, Heavenly Father that is without sin and above sin. We should walk in the light and have nothing to do with the darkness of sin as God's people. Paul gives three descriptions in this section uh, of believers that prove his point. The first thing he says here in verse Number three, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you, as becometh saints. Saints. Everybody who is saved by God's grace is a saint. Uh, Saint just simply means set apart ones. Those that have been set apart. Those that have been called out of the darkness. It's not some 
individual that was approved by a group of cardinals and did really great things and so now they're a saint understand this a saint is not someone a biblical saint is not someone that is without sin or that never makes a mistake that is not what a biblical saint is a biblical saint is anyone who is born again by the grace of god because we've been set apart uh, for a purpose we've been set apart by god and that carries the same idea behind holiness we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light first peter chapter 2 verse 9 but somebody mind turning over there first peter chapter 2 verse 9 good ways to your right there first peter chapter 2 verse 9 somebody gets over there if they wouldn't mind reading that please but ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood and holy nation a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So in other words, it's beneath the dignity of a saint to indulge into sins that belong in a world of darkness. Some Paul names here, but you think about this. The world is constantly trying to pour us into its mold. But God has a higher calling for us. We're saints. We're God's children. We're the ones that God has raised up from the grave. We're the ones that God has set in heavenly places. We're the ones, going back to chapter 1 also, that have experienced the power of the resurrection of Christ uh, in salvation. I'm glad that true Christians don't just celebrate the resurrection one Sunday a year. If you're a saint and if you are walking in light, the only way that you are able to do that is if you are experiencing the power of the resurrection every day. Not on just one day a year, but every single day. So we live differently, but the world tries to pour us into this mold. And the first thing he warns against, and man, I tell you, this is repeated over and over again. And I try to be careful about this in mixed company, especially with some of the younger ones and everything. But it's clearly what we're talking about here, fornication and all uncleanness. It's interesting that it starts there. Over and over again within the New Testament, as well as the Old Testament, we see warnings against these seductive sins. We see warnings against this Uh, sin whether it be fornication whether it be adultery but he's saying that this shouldn't be something at all by the way uncleanness a fornication uncleanness both uh, refer to uh, sexual sins which were so prevalent in the day that paul wrote this especially with the the uh, the pagan temples and religions and everything of that day and by the way let me just put this in here for to, to make a good point What these people had in their culture, the Greeks, as well as the Romans, but especially the Greeks, with a lot of their art and stuff, we see some of it in the Renaissance. Let me tell you something. If it's if it's picturing nudity and it's picturing acts of this nature, it is not art. It is pornography. Your culture does not dictate what's right and what's wrong. God dictates what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, you know, we, I remember learning a little bit about Pompeii and they were talking about some of the, uh, the paintings that would be preserved on some of the walls. And I just remember in particular this awful scene that they said would be painted on the wall in one of these houses. But this was where the family ate. This was the dining room. And it was a scene, it was just a flat out scene of pornography is what it was on the wall. But, but to them it was art. And to them it was this and that. Well, it could have been whatever it wants to be to them. But I'll tell you what it is to God. 
It's, it's pornography. It's sin. Um, and you say, well, their culture looked at it differently. You could say what you want to say. God's standard, the, the culture doesn't change God's standard ever. Uh, and so uh, it was so prevalent in their day because of their pagan culture. Let me tell you something. A part of the humanistic culture that we live in today, uh, there's many temples to this humanistic culture. They don't go by the name temples, but there's many priests, there's many teachers of the humanist, humanistic religion. And I'm telling you, a part of that is also uh, fornication and uncleanness. When they're teaching, our, when when the Common Core curriculum is teaching elementary school kids uh, these acts they can perform yes. on others and themselves that avoids te technically intercourse and these other things, folks, I'm telling you, uh, they are trying to teach this stuff uh, to our kids, and and I believe. You know, for those that would, by the way, I put an interesting article on Facebook. I was trying to talk about abstinence and everything, but. Um, you know, one of the one of the ideals is is that you know the reason that it's it's foolish they would say to teach on abstinence is because they say kids are going to do it anyway. So let's not let's not teach against it. Let's just go ahead and encourage it since they're going to do it anyway. But isn't it funny? How hypocritical is it? By the way, that's not healthy. It's just not healthy. Amen. It's not physically healthy. It's not it's not emotionally healthy. Studies show this clearly. But again, studies don't matter when you have a religion and when your religion is humanism and when you're pushing this anti-God. Remember, God is the one that established intimacy between a man and a woman. God is the one that meant that to be something to bring glory to Himself. God meant that for, to be something that is absolutely enjoyed between uh, a, a husband and a wife. But the devil from the beginning, understand he wants to pervert that. So within the, the, the framework of this world, we see a lot of things against that. But I think something's interesting. Uh, you know, some of the same people that want to not teach abstinence in school, or refrain from teaching abstinence, uh, abstain from abstinence, I guess you could say, but they're the same people that don't want vending machines in school. <laughs> right? We don't want vending machines in school. But I thought kids were going to eat junk food anyway. So why don't we just put a bunch out there for them? We don't want them having to go home and, you know, whatever. Let's, we'll just make it easy. Why, why is it? Is that not hypocritical? Yeah, amen. But, I mean, and, and it, it really is. It's like, you know, well, well kids, are, kids aren't going to study anyway, so let's, I mean, it's just like, yeah. why is it that they pick this one thing that we're amen. not going to teach because kids right. are going to do it anyway? Um, amen. And so, uh, and by the way, I'm, we're talking about something that gets absolutely ridiculed and made fun yes, of. When right. you start talking about purity, you're talking about something that brings a lot of ridicule. Amen. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty cool to see some of the high-profile athletes over the years that uh, that are openly abstinent because they're, you know, I, I think I was reading about one, an Olympian uh, a couple years ago. Lolo was her uh, kind of nickname. She was a, a, a sprinter, but she said that she was uh, abstinent. And she said, she said, I want to I give my whole self to my husband. I want to preserve myself to marriage uh, whenever that is. Um, that's what she was, that's what she was going to do. That's what she was committed. But you talk about getting made fun of. You talk about these guys. And listen. That happens, unfortunately. But the sad thing is, we're not just talking about getting made fun of by the kids. We're talking about adults and teachers that would sneer and mock and things of that nature. And so it's a really uh, sad situation. But uh, I digress here to say that just as they had their paganistic religion that they were dealing with within their culture, we also have ours. We have things that are accepted in our society that is not accepted by God. He warns against uh, fornication, un uncleanness. 
Sad to say, these sins have invaded the homes of Christians and brought grief to local churches. Um, covetousness. Now, it says fornication, all uncleanness, or covetousness. Now, that may seem out of place next to fornication, but the two sins are different expressions of the same basic weakness of fallen nature. And you know what that is? Uncontrollable appetite. Amen. Covetousness. I want it. I want it now. Forget about the consequences. Forget about anything else. I want this. I'm covetous. And so he, that's why he warns against covetousness. Uncontrolled appetite. The fornicator and the covetous person each desire to satisfy the appetite by taking what does not belong to them. The Bible warns in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 about the, 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 it says, Love not the world in chapter 2, verse 15 of 1 John. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And the world there is the world system. We're supposed to love the world, the people of the world. Uh, and it's okay to be appreciative and thankful for the earth that God has given and, and, and give God the glory for this beautiful creation. But the world there talks about the system, the system that started in the Garden of Eden that's set up that is opposed to God and that fights against His people as well. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I'm glad the Bible makes things pretty simple. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But, but this passage here is dealing specifically with the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and I believe pride as well, because pride is that which says we deserve it, whether anybody says it's wrong or not. Uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, would describe the two sins of fornication and covetousness. Now, notice verse 4. The Bible says, neither filthiness, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. He warned now about the sins of the tongue which of course are really sins of the heart. If you go and begin to pump on a well, what comes out at the spout is coming out of the spout because that's what's down in the well. Amen. What comes out of our mouth, the reason what we say matters. And if you read the Bible, you cannot escape that what we say matters. Amen. Because it's an expression of our hearts. And let me, uh, let me say this just in case I, I don't get to it because it's interesting. In a moment, in verse 5, he again says that he speaks about the whoremonger. Uh, interesting, that word actually, the, the Greek word is pornos. Pornos. And so this, 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 uh, the, the sins of the fornication are kind of brought up again. But it just reminded me of something very important when it comes to the life of the child of God. When it comes to us walking in love and walking in light, which is what he's telling us to do here, we're, we're saints, we should walk in light. It's all about the heart, people. It's really all about the heart. It's not just about trying to clean up from the outside in. It's about God getting a hold of our hearts. And that's why when it comes to fornication and the uncleanness, that we keep our hearts right that we guard our hearts, that we guard our minds in regards to these things. Um, we need to be pure of heart, not just pure of body, but we need to be pure of heart. And we need to guard what we see. We need to guard what we hear. Uh, we need to be careful. Listen, and I would say this to the young people, 
that, especially young people that may even, there may be young people that have permission to watch and listen to things that you know are filthy. Amen. You know are the opposite of pure. You may, be, you may have permission to do that from your parents, or maybe they just don't really know. Uh, and I'll go back to myself, man, and I, I wonder how many of you can identify with me. You ever hear an old song that you listened to when you were a kid? And you're like, oh, I remember this song. L- listen to that. And I'm like, and you start singing it, and by, you start saying the words, and you're just like, and blah, blah, blah. Wait, what is this? My, my parents let me listen to this junk or, you know, you'll see some old movie and you'll be like, oh, the kids will love this movie. Man, I loved this when I was a kid. And you watch about five minutes of it and you're like, oh my gosh, kids, I am so sorry. Uh, and, you know, it, it's just funny. But, but I'm telling you as, as a Christian, as a child of God, just avoid it. Keep your heart pure. Amen. Keep your mind. See, we've been talking a lot about the mind in Sunday school. Spiritual warfare is all in the mind. It's all about controlling the mind. We can only think one thought of a time at a time, think the right thing. But, you know, in a sense, you can't control what you think. In one sense, you can. I mean, in other words, things just come in your mind, but you can't have influence. You can define the influence over what you think. If I'm watching garbage, then I catch myself sitting around thinking about that garbage. Well, Maybe I could quit watching that garbage, you know, right? Or looking at that garbage or listening to that garbage or what have you. Um, but but the, the point that I'm trying to just simply make is that it's just like what Jesus said. He said, if you say, if you, say you hate your brother, he said you're guilty of murder. He said, if, if, if a man looks on a woman, and that's vice versa, if a man looks on a woman to lust after her, the Bible says he's committed adultery already in his heart. So somebody could say, I haven't committed the act. But what, what's the state of your heart? So guard your heart. Keep your heart right because that's what, listen, that's what God's concerned with. He loves you. And the thing about sin, He understands that sin is a cancer. He knows our weaknesses. God is not trying to eat. See, Eve believed the same lie that we believe in essence. God said, do not take of this. Satan implied that God is trying to re- keep you from something that you should have. If you start getting that in your mind, you need to check yourself. You need to check your thoughts and say, wait a second, God would never keep me from something good. God loves you beyond... The the word love cannot even describe how God loves you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. He loves you so much, He wants to do you nothing but good. It may not always seem good, but He wants to do nothing but good to you. You know, it's just like it's just like the owner that 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 uh, of of a pet. They had this little yapping dog. They lived on a busy highway, and and, and that dog, uh, the, 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 this lady, she loved her dog. But man, that, that dog wanted out so bad. It wanted to get out of that glass door. It'd be nice weather. Be up. She just wanted to get out this little dog, and uh, but she would never be able to get out. Every time she'd go out, uh, her her owner, her loving owner that cared so much about her, would put her on leash we'll go out but i need to make sure that you don't uh, get out there on the highway do something else and and you know they interviewed this dog okay they really didn't but you know what the dog's thinking you know this dog's thinking man why is my owner keeping me from what i want so badly why is my owner putting this restraint on me why will this owner not just let me go out there and run them on why does this owner always try to put a leash on me when i'm b- before we go out well finally that dog finally got its wish and somebody opened up that door and before they could stop her she ran right out and guess where she went she went right out to that highway 
Because for some reason, I'm telling you, a lot of times we're no, uh, we're no smarter than an animal sometimes, but for some reason, she's just bound and determined to go chase one of those cars. And sure as anything, she goes out there, chases one of those cars, and gets hit and ran over and killed. That owner was not trying to keep her from something good. That owner was trying to keep her from a horrible fate. And, and, and the restraints that God puts into our life are never God saying, nope, I just don't want you to have fun. That's what the world tells you. Just Christians can't have no fun. Oh, you can't have no fun now that you're a Christian. You can't have no fun, uh, you know, you know, and, and all of that. I, I've told you before, by God's grace, the way you answer one of those people. By the way, if somebody uh, makes fun of you because you're remaining pure until marriage, you can, you can just tell them right away. Well, let me tell you something. I can be what you are any day of the week. But you can never again be what I am. Don't back down and be scared of these people. But if you don't feel like you need to go that far, you can just simply think of it this way. Because what the world sometimes thinks is, oh, poor, poor Kurt. He can't get out and run like with the boys. You know, he can't get out and run with the wolves and the dogs and, and all of this stuff. Well, he could too. Who says he can't? Amen. Kim's like me. Uh, but uh, but I can. Sure I can. Why don't I? I don't, I, hey man, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I could go if I want to do. I don't want to. Amen. Now, not to say that I'm not tempted to, not that there's not that base part. There's a reason. He's warning God's people to avoid these yeah, things. Right. Okay, understand that. But what I'm saying is, there's a, a new nature that God's given me, and I was like, you know what? Yes, I'm tempted to do that, but Lord, by your help and grace, I don't want to do that. That's I know better than that. Um, and then one more thing I'll say about the lust of the eyes. I was thinking about this the other day. The Bible talks about some things that are never full, and one of those things are the eyes of a man. Mm-hmm. Be real careful because we live in a time to where, uh, you know, we, we think that we can, you know, it's, it's just like, I, you know, I've shared with you my, my, my problem with uh, sweets and food in general. And now it has become chips, and I just have issues. But, but, but my thing is, is I really, I, I've tried to learn to, to, to think better than this, that it's just better off for me if I just don't even eat one cookie. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm just better off not to do it because I have trouble. I, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to get a little bit of cookie dough. One little spoon of cookie dough out of the fridge. I'm, good. I'm just craving it so bad. But if I get this little taste, Carla, I'm going to be. That's all I need. Well, then I've got to have another taste. And the next thing you know, somebody opens up the fridge. Who ate all the cookie dough? I was going to make cookies. Uh, I don't know, you know, but it was me. It started off just a little bit, all right? But here, the point that I'm trying to make here, that's how temptation is. I'll just give in a little bit. Then I'll be satisfied. You're not satisfied. It goes further, it goes further, and it goes further. And just keep your heart and your mind pure. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Um, Now, coming back to the sins of the tongue, because that's what we're talking about is the heart, the issue of the heart. The sins of the tongue. Um, people, have, who, people who have base appetites usually cultivate a kind of speech and humor that often people who want to commit uh, these sins of, say, perversion or have committed them enjoy jesting about them. Somebody said this, there's two indications of a person's character. What makes you laugh and what makes you cry? What makes you laugh and what makes you cry? The saint of God sees nothing humorous in obscene language or jest. 
And I want to say something about the, the jest in a minute. Uh, the, the, the word jesting literally means able to turn easily. Able to turn easily. Now, this is the person, you may work with some of these people. I've actually, I actually knew a preacher that was this way. You can say the most innocent thing in the world. <laughs> kind of like, and they can, their jesting is, they turn it around all of a sudden and they make it something dirty. What'd you say, Jesse? You know, it's like, I said I'm going to put the pallet down over here, you know. <laughs> yeah, we know what you meant. It's like, it's able to turn easily. I'm saying that because I don't want to say something that would be easy to interpret that way, okay? But uh, because it's like, really? Dude, I'm, I'm just, what, play. I'm like, what, I'm like what, how old are you? Yeah. You know, and I will ask them, I'm like, come on, man, would you grow up? Uh, but so, so jesting, that doesn't, we know that jesting in general means fooling around, joking around. You know, the Bible's not against joking around, but the Bible is against joking around, able to turn easily, turning around things, that shouldn't be turned around. So as God's people, we should be careful with what we say. Foolish talking, nor jesting. I'll tell you this. I really want to encourage you. Our, our speech matters so much. The things we say, the words we say. Uh, profan- I, don't, I don't know where the place for profanity comes into the life of the child of God. Actually, I think I do. Uh, I think I do know the place where that comes in. I don't believe it should. All right? And by God's grace, uh, that ought to be something that we... Try to keep out of our uh, out of our language, out of our talk. Man, if it's again, think about what he's talking about here. He says uh, there at the, the the end of verse number three, uh, "Let it not be once named among you as becometh saints." So he's talking about things that become saints. That that's that's becoming of saints. And that kind of talking just is not becoming of saints. Uh, I don't want to have speech that's offensive to other people. I really don't. Uh, I don't want to have uh, profanity as a part of uh, what I say. But I tell you, if, we, if, you, if you just keep excusing it, you know, it's not, you're not getting any help with it. Because it does matter. Well, it, what's it matter what other people think? It matters what other... We don't just do things just because of what other people think. But at the same time, I don't want to be offensive over something that I just don't need to be offensive over. And I know, man, we live in a place and a time and a area. I don't know what it is. But I'm telling you, man, people just don't think anything about profanity. I'd be just about using profanity. And one of the challenges, by the way, about walking in light, the Bible says that ye are now light. Light and darkness don't get along. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But one of the toughest things about Let me tell you one of the toughest things sometimes about walking in love and walking in light is that sometimes walking that way, people will accuse you of trying to be a goody two-shoes. Well, I'll tell you something. I don't want to be a goody two-shoes. I really don't. That's not what I'm about. Um, And and they'll accuse you. You know what's tough? Is when they accuse you of something that's just not true. And one of the things they'll accuse you of is you think you're better than the rest of us, don't you? You think you're so much better than the rest of us because you don't use this language or because you don't do the things that we do. And by the way, the answer to that means to be absolutely not. I don't think that whatsoever. It's just like I choose uh, not not to say that. And by the way, I'm not... Our job is we're going to not be able to get to tonight, but our job is not to try to reform these people uh, and get them doing better. Our, Our job is to witness to them and our job is to just be light and... And try to show them a difference and hopefully be able to ultimately lead them to Christ. Remember, 
The basis, a lot of the basis of this chapter is walking in love. So you got to be real careful. You do not want to be this one of these people that go around as a Christian that God. So they're refraining from some of these things, and they've got to go around and try to condemn everybody else and put everybody else down. When they got to stop and think a second, wait, this person's lost without God. Uh, there's no wonder they're fornicating. There's no wonder they're talking the way they're talking. Uh, they need Jesus. Amen. Amen. We need to reach them. We need to uh, let them know that that they don't have to be bound in this sin, and they don't have to be controlled by these sins. So. Foolish talking. Um, May God help us to realize the power in our words. May God help us. I don't ever want to say something and somebody walks away or or thinks this, I thought they were a Christian. I thought they were a Christian. Uh, And so so we we talked about foolish talking, uh, jesting, which I've told about what that means already. Um, And by the way, let me say this about uh, jesting. Jesting in general, the gift of wit is a blessing, is it not? Don't you like witty people? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> um, but when it's attached to a filthy mind or a base motive, it becomes a curse. There are quick-witted people who can pollute any conversation with jests that are always inconvenient, which the inconvenient part there means just out of place. Just like, what? You know, we're just, we're just you know, it's, uh, that, that's not... A part of what this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. And the best way to give glory to God is is uh, to keep our conversation, which is our behavior, but also our speech, uh, pure. Christians who have God's word in their heart, by God's grace, we can be like what Colossians says in chapter 4, verse 6, that our, our speech can be seasoned with salt. Amen. Colossians 4, verse 6. Uh, for grace in the heart means grace on the lips. And so we can be gracious. We can uh, determine, uh, you know, you, you hit your finger, you ain't got to cuss. Yeah. You know, just say, help me. Gee. I'll never forget, uh, Ralph, he got such a kick out of this. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything because believe me, uh, just because cussing is something that I've, that the Lord's given me victory over, I'm sure there's something that, that you have victory over that I still need victory over. So we have, that's why we pray for one another and help one another, right? And that's why you ain't better than me and I'm not better than you, okay? Uh, because we all struggle with different things. But I, uh, So I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it was the, uh, Ralph got a kick out of me going down to my basement. Some of y'all know my relationship with bats. Uh, it's not a... It's not a... Uh, um, one that I enjoy. Um, so, uh, Ralph uh, was doing some uh, electrical work, and man, it was getting dark. And he's like, "Brother, I need you to go down there and turn that uh, turn that one breaker off." And I'm like, "Down where?" Because I know once it gets dark, you know, I just generally don't go to the basement. Uh, in, in the spring and summer, I just generally avoid it. Why? Because there's a bat down there. And uh, so anyway. Uh, and I just need to get Melanie down there after him because she knows how to take care of those things. But regardless, I was down there and sure as the word, I mean, you got to r- walk right through the bat's flight path to get to the breaker box. I go over there and I hit the breaker and sure enough, here it comes out to torment me. Uh, that bat coming right out after my head and what came out of my mouth, Ralph heard it all the way upstairs, help me Jesus! <laughs> You don't have to cuss, amen. You can just say, scream out, help me Jesus, like a little girl. All right? And uh, so the point is, is, you know, just eliminate some of the excuse. And one of the things that we need to learn to do with some of our, I should say some of our sin, 
all of our sin. But when we recognize some of these things, you know what we need to do? We need to confess it to God Amen. as sin. Amen. We do. Or as wrong, or as inconvenient, or as a hindrance. Yeah. Whatever, it, whatever category it falls into, Lord, I want to confess this to you. I want to get some help with this. And you know what? God will start to help you with that. So he says that we are light, but he also says that we are kings. And I'll just, I'll just read uh, this verse for now. The Bible says, For this you know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Uh, let no man deceive you with vain words because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. By the way, isn't it sad when you actually read what the Bible says about sin that there's so many modern churches that bless sin and justify sin? Um, we, ha we have no right to do that. God Almighty is the one that gave these words. Uh, God, this is the Word of God. Uh, we don't have to like it, but I'll tell you one thing. If we're going to be true to God, we need to learn to like it, and we definitely need to preach it and stand by it by the grace of God. But I do want to say, because he talks about the fact that we're kings of the kingdom of God. We were born into the kingdom of God. And I just I want to just make a, a quick point here because he says, be not deceived, these people are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, understand what it's talking about here. And there's a parallel passage over in the book of First uh, Corinthians chapter number 6. First uh, Corinthians chapter number 6. And he says we're kings, then he goes on to say we're light, and we'll talk about that, Lord willing, next time we are light. But in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, I just want to read these verses because I think it would be a, a good stopping point. All right. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse number, where should we begin here? Ah, okay, there we go. We'll go with verse number 14. Bible says, and God hath raised up the Lord and will raise up us also by his power. Verse 15, that was verse 14. Right? Verse 15, know ye not that your bodies are, the, are, the, are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that, know ye not that he which is joined unto an harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. For two saith he shall be one flesh, verse 17, I'm sorry, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Flee fornication. I'm strong. I think I can handle it. No, you better hightail it out of there is what okay. you need to do. Get away. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost of God, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so he goes there, then it goes on in verse number 7, uh, chapter 7, he goes on and continues that thought. But the, the, the cool thing... If you go back, oh yeah, okay, here's, here's the one I wanted to look at. Okay, this is the part about the kingdom that I wanted to look at, actually. Go, to, go back to verse 9 of this chapter. Chapter 6, verse 9. All right. So why should we walk in love and we should walk in light as saints? 
because we are saints and also because we're kings. But he says about the, those that commit these things not inherit in the kingdom of God. Notice verse number 9 of chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. I love verse 11. And such were some of you. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And so, just a powerful verse there. Why do we walk differently? Because we're saints. We're we're part of the kingdom. And we are... We are light. We were darkness and now we're light. But here's one of the things I want to say that's really important about those passages, lest someone be confused. This verse is when it talks about those that commit these things. It's not talking about someone who commits these, has committed these things or commits these. When it's talking about those that are committing these things, they're talking about people that this is their lifestyle. This is their lifestyle. And there's no correction. There's no interruption from God. There's no conviction. Uh, so he's saying that person will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because they've not been born again. Not because they've lost their salvation or anything, because that's impossible, because they've not been born again. Now, that does not put us to be the kind of the salvation police, you know, and say, uh, I know you're not saved because, you know, there's people that can. Uh, fall into these things. I mean, David did, others did, and God corrects it. Because if you're saved, at some point, God's going to, at some point, God's going to get a hold of your heart. God's going to convict you. God's going to chasten you. God's going to scourge you until you get it right. Uh, And so sometimes you can look at people's lives and you can be like, man, they're going through a terrible time. Uh, Well, it might be God trying to get their attention. And I tell you, I believe when you go further into that, when the Bible talks about there being a sin unto death, I don't believe that's talking about a specific sin. That's why it doesn't say this sin will cause you to die. But I believe that the sin unto death is that sin that finally when you just, when you are totally are obstinate and rebellious against God says, that's it. That's it. Bringing you home. You cannot drag my name through the mud. You can't drag my name all over this place and that and through every alley and uh, brothel and whatever else around the world. I'm putting a stop to it. I love you too much to let you do that, all right? And so, um, amen. All right, those are tough things, aren't they? You don't hear this kind of preaching too often, but it's just it's just Bible. It's all it is. It's just Bible, amen? Uh, so uh, the Lord help us, amen? Hey, as God's people, walk as saints. Walk as light. We're not better than anybody else. We're just better off than other people, amen? And so, uh, so let's be dismissed in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the privilege of being here tonight. I thank you so much for speaking to my heart. Dear God, when you tell us that to avoid these things, to refrain from these things, God, I'm glad that in the context of the Bible, you're not just leaving it up to our own strength and energy. You're telling us to avoid these things because you know our nature is bent toward these things. You know that we want to go that way in our old nature. But God, you've given us a new nature. And just simply what you're telling us is that according to the power that works in us out of chapter number three, the power that works in us, 
Your love is what constrains me, for the love of Christ constraineth me uh, out of 1 Corinthians as well, or out of Corinthians, but your love, God, and our love for you, it's not trying to keep some rigid set of rules, Lord, it's that I'm a child of God. And I need, and, and by your grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, I can behave and live and walk like a child of God. It's not because I'm better, but Lord, I'm just better off by your grace. And I thank you for that, dear Lord. I pray that you'll help your people to receive your word. And if there's anybody here tonight that's not saved, God, I pray that you help them to see their need for salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.